Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. And I have to be honest with you, this conversation is actually for me tonight. (laughs) I am excited to be able to have Dr. Deborah Roebuck, the menopause whisperer, with us on the flip side. She's a registered nurse, a doctor of nursing practice. She's also the founder and CEO of Going Through the Change. She's a global health and wellness company leader that focuses on helping women of all generations navigating premenopause, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. Or, as many of us women know, called Going Through the Change. As an international speaker and workshop leader, she desires to help women renew, rethink, and reimagine middle age as a journey of self-discovery and self-care. She believes in the saying, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and that does not end at the age of 40. Deborah earned her doctorate from Drexel University, her Master's of Science from the University of Utah, and her Bachelor of Science from Villanova University. She is a widow, a breast cancer survivor, and a caregiver. She also actively serves as a health mission team leader, both nationally and internationally. It is my excited pleasure to have the menopause whisperer with us on the flip side to have a real authentic conversation. Welcome to the flip side, Dr. Deborah Roebuck. Well, Dr. Jackson, I am excited for this opportunity. And you have just um, been wonderful and making me feel very comfortable and providing this platform for me to talk to ladies today. You know, I am excited as I shared in the opening. Um, I appreciate you thanking me, but I feel like this is such a necessary conversation because now being in my 50s, being a grandmother, I did not anticipate menopause feeling like all you talk about is hot flashes and people never talk about anything else. And so being able to have an authentic conversation with someone with your area of expertise and wisdom and insight, I hope other people enjoy as I know they will, but I had this conversation for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that is, that's, Great. Okay. So let's jump into this. So you have your own story about going through the change. Can you share with the listeners a little bit about that story? 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, first, I just want to start off in saying that every woman's story is unique to themselves. But there are some common themes, I'll say for me. I did not get married until I was 40 years old. And so between 40 to 46, 47, I was constantly at the fertility clinic. I was trying to get pregnant. But at the same time, I started to notice that I had foggy brain. Uh, I couldn't remember things. It took me more time to focus. And so I said to my fertility specialist, and she's one of the top in the city, I said, you know, I got all these signs and symptoms. What should I do? She says, I got the same thing too. And I'm just trying to deal with it. And I was like, (laughs) and what I have realized is that this topic has not even been shared to a great degree, especially at that time, with the providers. And so many of the women were going through the same thing, and they had no one to talk to. So I said, okay. But after that, because of a history of fibroids, and that was during the uh, pre-menopause and during the perimenopausal time, they got so large that the weight of those fibroids pressed on my kidneys. And I would even be in such pain. They said, listen, we're going to have to do a hysterectomy. I said, okay. Now, I wasn't excited about that, but I said, okay, I will go along with that. I had the hysterectomy, discharge from the hospital. All they basically said, you got to check your dressing. You might have a hot flash. No one told me about what happens, especially when you have surgical menopause. What happens to your body when one minute you have hormones and the next minute they're totally wiped away? Mm-hmm. I was in my office because as an administrator for Women and Children's Health, I'm constantly working, constantly working. But I had a severe headache to the point I couldn't even get to my chair. I wind up laying on the floor of my office. My director came. She says, Deborah, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. My head hurts so bad. She said, you got to go to the emergency room. Eventually, I went to the emergency room. My blood pressure was 200 over 124. They could not get control over my blood pressure for two days in the emergency room. And at that time, when I finally left, I left still being on two various different blood pressure medication to control. What I don't think I had the clear understanding is how estrogen affects every part of your body. And especially for us women, it has a direct control over the cardiovascular system. And so here I was, okay, I I thought, okay, hot flash, okay. But nobody told me about these changes that would occur. And I said to myself, why wasn't this conversation held with me? Yes. Yes. I almost felt like they said, okay, we do the surgery. Okay, you're gone. Bye. Deal with your life the best way you can. Yes. And yes. that's the thing that I feel as though I hear from many women. 
they have questions that mm-hmm. no one has addressed. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, we now have you as the menopause whisperer. Tell us, how did you come about gaining that name? Um, where did that title come from? Okay. Okay. Now, talking about the flip side. Yes. I'm, I'm in my church. I have a, a, a church that I've been a member of 50 years. And so I have built up a level of trust. And they know I have been a nurse for many, many years. And they would say, Sister Deborah, can I talk to you? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Can I talk to you? So mm-hmm. I either went into a corner. I went outside. I sat in their car. Now, these women who wanted to talk to me, you think, oh, these are just older women. No, I had women talking to me from as early as late 30s, moving all the way to age 80. Women who were grandmothers, but again, many of these women were leaders in their community, in the church, at the job, but they needed somebody to speak with. And because of that, I was available to them. My sister said to me, Deborah, I think we need to call you the menopause whisperer. And I said, okay. And I tell you what I did. I went and even got the name trademark. Okay. So it is my name. <laughs> I love it. And what I, I, what really resonates with me is the fact that Women from all different walks of life, all different experiences felt like they needed answers. They wanted to ask questions, but they're what they, they felt, it almost felt like they were embarrassed to actually ask you where you were. We had to go here. We've got to hide in this corner. We need to find this private room. And I feel like that's the, um, Injustice to the entire process of something that is natural. And it also brings on kind of that element of shame, of disappointment that begins to impact how women begin to feel about themselves. It stems from that secrecy, that concern of, of having to talk about it in these private places instead of being open and honest and allowing women to have this conversation because it is going to be a part of all of our stories. So what would you say are the three problems that most women whisper to you about when they're talking about their menopause journey? Well, one of the things they talk about is, first of all, hot flashes. 70% of women will experience hot flashes. Now, there are groups of women who will never feel hot flashes at all. There's another group of women whose onset is early and it continues on. I I have people who I coach who are still having hot flashes in their 70s. There's other women who, you know, all of a sudden they get close to the time their period becomes irregular, they stop having their period and they stop having hot flashes. So everybody might have a different hot flash story, but it seems like it's a sense of embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're going to see me. So I, I was uh, getting my hair done. And the lady said, 
Girl, I can't stand this. I had the hysterectomy when I was in my 20s. And I'm still having hot flashes. I'm 67 years old. And I and I get in church and I'm fanning. And then the sweat is coming down. Uh, I just don't know what to do. Now, she was one of the ladies taking care of people's hair. But she came and grabbed me. And I said to her, first of all, you got clothes on that is not natural clothes. So when you do perspire, sweat, all that heat is staying on your body. I really want you to think about ways in which you're going to relieve some of these signs and symptoms. Now, people don't understand because that that shame that because of what estrogen does, estrogen regulates the heat, the temperature of your body. If that estrogen is not there, the regulation that normally would adjust itself comes in another form. Hot flashes is a way for the vase, um, the vessels to constrict and get the heat off your body. When your body is cold, you shiver to increase the heat. That's the whole process of hot flashes. So it's nothing to be ashamed of because really it's your body compensating for the lack of estrogen and say, okay, let's deal with this another way. Mm. Yeah. What are some of the other symptoms? I became, as you shared, um, experiencing a headache and not understanding what the headache was associated with. I know in over my lifespan, the only thing people talked about were the hot flashes, but there are other symptoms, aren't there? 32 to up to even Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you just say there are 32 yes. symptoms? Yes. Oh, can you just tell us some of them, like some of them oh, that people may not, may not um, realize? Okay, let me, let me just say this to you. When I tell women this, I did a workshop on um, Saturday and I gave them uh, almost like a signs and symptoms map. Do you realize that most of the women checked off at least eight to 12 that currently they're experiencing? They were in shock. Because they associate it with other things. For, mm-hmm. for example, thinning of your hair. Okay. And not just hair here, but hair other places. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another thing is dryness of your skin. Okay. That's one of the things. And how you have to work with your skin in a different way. Uh, another thing that women um, complain of, of course, we talk about fuzzy thinking. Estrogen is really responsible for our uh, part of our cognitive, the way we think. Uh, uh, I'm just thinking of so many to acne. All of a sudden, they never had acne or they had it so long ago, and all of a sudden, they get it again. These hormones influences all of those different changes. And what I do, I sit down with women and we go through each one of these signs and symptoms. So number one, they can learn about them. See, knowledge is half of the the issue. Once you have knowledge, you develop confidence in what's going on. But with the lack of knowledge, what does the Bible say? People perish 
and a, and a multi- menopausal woman will perish emotionally, mentally, and even physically if she does not know her body. She is not 20 years old. Okay. Wow. I appreciate the, the opportunity because as, I, as a coach as well, something I often share with my coaches is when we get a clear expectation that is realistic in alignment with really understanding what's happening, we're actually empowered and it can decrease our stress over what we're experiencing because one, I better understand in order to create true realistic expectations instead of having expectations that I could never live up to, my body just is going through a change. Let me embrace what's realistic for me in this season and become better okay with that. How we have a couple, just a few moments before we take our first break. When you're talking with women about setting better expectations, what are some things that you're saying to them or encouraging them about how they're thinking about themselves during this season? Well, one of the first things I say, don't you show up for everybody else? You have permission to show up for you. That is the main thing. They feel guilty about taking care of themselves because when you're in menopause, when you're going through those different stages, you're going to have to pay more attention to how your body has changed, who you are now, and how you're going to change in accordance to make yourself reach your highest level of wellness. I don't want people to think it's sickness, but 20 versus 40 versus 60 versus 80, there has to be some changes that go along with that. And they have to self-discover who they are all over again. At each stage. And that is so... Yes. And that is okay that you're not the same. Stop wishing that you were that 20 year old or that 30 year old or even that 40 year old. Embrace who you are at 50, at 60, at 70. At 70. Listen, I'm trying to deal with the 70. (laughs) I'm just like, oh my God. But I'm going, I'm, I'm embracing it with grace. <laughs> I love that. And on that point, I will say, how can we embrace it with grace? We're going to get ready to take a short commercial break. And as you uh, think about everything that Dr. Roebuck has already shared, check out our website at www.livingstrong.com llc.com for services, for supports, as well as the replay from this episode will be housed there. So if you already know somebody needs to hear this message, pop over to the website, connect with it, and provide that resource. So we will be right back in a few moments to continue not this closet conversation about menopause, but having an open, authentic, 
brave and bold conversation because we want to live strong on whatever your flip side story is. So stay tuned. We will be right back. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit SandraCoats.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veardra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back to our flip side conversation. Menopause is not the boss of me. And we have the menopause whisperer, Dr. Deborah Roebuck, with us in our conversation. And Dr. Roebuck, I want to jump right back just for a moment back to your explanation of how important and powerful the symptoms are, as well as the estrogen for our bodies. And one of our listeners, uh, Donna, asked or mentioned she's struggling with her weight. Can you give us any insight on why that's an issue or how we can reframe our thinking around weight and menopause? Okay. And that, and that's a very good question. Um, um, just the other day, I was talking to some healthcare professionals, especially nutritionists about weight. As we move through menopause, our metabolism change, that estrogen is responsible for that. Now, the question is, whether we're going to see it as a hindrance or just we're going to move to a different way to manage weight. I gave the recommendation, many of us have healthcare plans. Well, there's nutritionists that are part of your plan. You give a call to them and say, I want an appointment because what might work for me well in adjusting the way I approach managing what I eat might be different for you. So for example, we cannot eat like we did when we were 15. 
<laughs> we used to put every anything in there and no problems. Even I noticed for myself, once I moved past 65, I was like, oh my goodness, I have to look at it. I don't starve myself. I do not not eat certain things, but I manage it. I track it. I look at what works for me and what doesn't work for me. And the other thing is, think about this. When you were a teenager, you just didn't eat. For us, we jumped rope. We were running up and down the street. Now, what do you expect if you're going to eat and just sit? You Mm -hmm. can't expect your body to burn those calories off. So it's more than just I eat. How are you keeping your body active? Mm-hmm. That's what that's what I ask people. And what is your goal? Is your goal, oh, I want to look like, um, I don't even know the various, you know, because back in the day we said, well, you know, that girl, she looked like a Coca-Cola bottle. You know, she had that <laughs> shape. I don't know what they say today. They, you curvy or whatever. But you have to decide. What is really determining how you feel good about yourself? Is it about you looking good or is it about you looking good, but you're feeling good? Mm-hmm. Those are two things that must come together. So as I listen to you, there are two things that immediately jumped out for me. Mm-hmm. One is changing, not trying to do the same thing and get a different outcome. As your body changes, we must be willing to make changes along with it. Don't try to manage your weight the same way you did when you were in your 20s, your 30s, or your 40s. Recognize you may have to do things very differently and seek out the support, the professionals, those who can give you new insight about your body and new information. So don't try and do the same thing and get a different outcome. And the second thing that absolutely just struck me is what is it that you're trying to go for? Is it that you're trying to, again, reach for something that's unrealistic, an expectation that isn't um, a healthy expectation Are you trying to be well or are you trying to match something that actually isn't meant for you? So how are we trying to show up as our best selves and align our mindset with that as well? I tell you, you are giving nuggets, nuggets, nuggets. So I want to ask another question. So how do we know it's actually menopause and not something else. Are there some keys that we can begin, patterns to begin to think about? Okay. Let's think of premenopause. When I tell a woman, you need to know your menopausal status. Are you premenopause? Are you perimenopause? Are you the pause? Are you postmenopause? Now let's let's just go through that. Premenopause is, remember when you had your period, okay? That's when your ovaries develop and start releasing estrogen. This is all about an estrogen story. And the aging of this ovary as it produces estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. Now think about, okay, when I was a teenager and the period start, was it regular? No, it was erratic. 
I was hair thrown off. I, you know, people say they got the young girls got to smell themselves. Like you can't tell me what to do. Think the about attitude. it. <laughs> the attitude. Now think about menopause. You got the irritability. You feel like you don't want to be bothered. The period is all erratic. It's just as if you're going from this stage and you're almost returning back again to that time when you first got your period. Because usually for a person to get their period, it takes maybe a year to two to three years to set a pattern, a cycle. And think about it. When are young people having their periods now? Now, what I, it was 12 and 13. Right. When are people having their period now? Eight. Eight. Yes. Eight Eight. and nine years old. It's so Lord, have mercy. Now, you got, and so, and those young ladies will probably have their periods past 51, 52, because usually when you stop, stop. And that's what menopause means. No period. Mm Mm-hmm. They're going to be 51, 52, and maybe even more. So that's pre-menopause. You got a regular period. You got a cycle. But when you are perimenopause, all of a sudden, you're still like, oh, my God. Either the period is longer or it's shorter, or either it's a lot or it's a little. But you notice that that menstrual cycle that used to be so on time is not on time anymore. That's telling you the estrogen is being released differently. Sometimes when you have this this, um, period of perimenopause, sometimes the estrogen goes up, sometimes it goes down, but progressively it's going down, but it's not like a straight line. And that's why for some people, they can go through the process maybe a couple years. Some people go through this up and down for as much as 10 years. Wow. Nobody told them this. Now, here we go to what is called many pause stopping one year. One year, you hear me? One year of not seeing a period. I worked in the labor and delivery room at Temple University. I tell this story. This young lady came into my department in labor and delivery and said, I'm up here because I got gas. I said, but you're in the labor and delivery room. She said, I got gas and I don't know why they sent me up here, but I'm going to the bathroom. And I told her, I said, well, I'm going to tell you something, sister girl. I'm going to the bathroom with you. She went to the bathroom and she started pushing. She's pushing the baby out. I knew you were going to say that. What she was thinking is that when you... Just stop maybe for a month or two. She had nothing more to worry about. But if it is not a consecutive year, you still all of a sudden, the ovary said, oh, let me push out an egg here. Let me make sure some progesterone here and you can get pregnant. After that full year of no period, then you're at postmenopause. Most women live we talked about this a little bit, at least 30 years past the point where they no longer have a period. So say, for example, you're 51, so you're going to have it till at least you're 81. People are living now to 90. Most women now, 88, 90. The, uh, the millennials probably live to over 100. So think about a millennial. 
Here they are, 51, and they live to 100. They got 50 years without a period. Mm-hmm. That's something to think about. Well, it's powerful because we talked about that before the show started, that if you're in a mindset of decline and you feel and you're operating out of a place of shame or discouragement about yourself because your body is changing and you're operating in a place of um, life is is over or it's ending or I'm becoming less of a woman and you still have. When you told me that, you still have. You could live 30 more years after. That means we have to, as you shared, reframe, rethink, and reimagine who we are beyond post-menopausal uh, stage. Like There's still more life. Now, yes, but before we go too far in the post, I do still have another question. So... Is there any uh, medications or strategies or supports that will help with symptoms? Are there things that that women can do to help with the symptoms? Now, let me just say this. First and foremost, I'm an educator. I'm not a physician. Mm -hmm. So I can't prescribe. But what I tell Mm -hmm. women is they need to talk to their physicians. Because you can have a medical strategy, alternative medical strategy, or lifestyle strategy, or have all three. Mm. Someone asked me, well, Deborah, if you take black cohesh, will that work? I said, I can't say for you because I don't know what other medications you're on. That's why you have to bring all of this to the forefront. Some women use acupuncture and they... They, they, they swear by it. That helps them. But the, the, the whole issue is going to the doctor, knowing what you want and what you don't want. Because some women will tell you straight up, I'm not taking any hormones. I'm not doing it. And I even say to them, okay, if you don't want hormone therapy, but I need you to understand there's different aspects of hormone therapy. For example, it's different between taking a pill or having a patch or using a a vaginal cream with hormones in it. The different amount of hormones that goes into your blood system. There's a difference between me. I am a breast cancer survivor. My breast cancer lived off of estrogen. There's no way in the world that I could be taking any kind of estrogen because it would feed my cancer. So there's different scenarios. And so that's one I want women to take hold of their health. I want them to ask the questions. And what I do is I sit down with women and help them strategize. What do they want? How do they want it? What questions? Even for menopause, there are specialties for doctors who are specialized in menopause. You should ask the question, is menopause your specialty or is it your specialty is helping women have babies? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because different, different doctors have different expertise, but also they have different ways they believe in treating their patients. And if you are here and the doctor is here, there is no coming together. And that also I want women to know 
that it's not one person that's going to walk you through this. We talked about the nutritionist. You might need to go to a therapist. Think about COVID. All that stress and strain of COVID increase women's signs and symptoms of menopause. Think about women. We're in a sandwich generation. And I, I, I firmly believe this. We got through, menopause, got through COVID because of menopausal women. We were taking care of the young. We had home doing on the computer. Then we were taking care of the older people because they couldn't get to the pharmacy and what have you. And menopausal women, and I will say between those who are 35 to 40, up to 50 and 60, we are taking care of everybody else and have neglected ourselves. As I listen to you, again, what stuck with me is being willing to ask the right questions, advocate for yourself, get clear on what lifestyle, quality of life, and outcomes you desire to have. And then recognize that it's not going to necessarily be one person that walks you through this entire menopause journey. Recognize that there will be other players and be willing to invest in yourself to get access to what will make you well, spiritually, mentally, physically, all the way around, emotionally, because this is a change, but it doesn't have to be an end. And, now, and, and you know what? When you say invest in yourself, it could be something as simple to say. Now, I, I'll tell you, I, I go to Weight Watchers and I love Weight Watchers because it's part of my health plan. But now they're in this health wellness and my coach, my coach, I talk to every Sunday. She says, and Deborah, what are you going to do for yourself this week? And I said, now she asked me that every week. Now she says to me, Deborah, I asked you and you say, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. You have to grow into those things. If you've all your life thought, I'm not supposed to do those things because I'm being selfish. Mm. Yeah. Now, you got to ask yourself a question. Do you want to navigate menopause in a way that you can be an asset or do you want to be a liability? Ooh, that's a whole word right there. Do you want to navigate menopause so that you are an asset or a liability? That just went to my whole core. You just spoke that thing. I so appreciate you. So we're actually at this conversation is going by so fast. We are already at our second commercial break. So recognize if you have questions, pop those questions in our social media community, pop those questions into the comment box and we'll try to get them answered. But when we come back, I'd love to be able to hear about, are there any specific health health risks to women of color? And what are some of the things that our listeners can begin to actually ask their health providers in order to navigate this journey? So when we come back, 
Get ready for more answers and an authentic conversation as we live strong, even in the midst of menopause. All right, we will be right back. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit sandracoats.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. This has been such an empowering conversation. I have so appreciated the expertise and the insight of Dr. Roebuck, but most importantly, she has continued to affirm and confirm that we can take our power back and absolutely get into the driver's seat of investing in ourselves, asking better questions, questions and advocating for ourselves in any change process. And as we got ready for our last break, I asked two questions, especially for women of color, what seems to be the two greatest health risks associated with this change season? Let let me just talk about, especially postmenopause, when I talked about cardiovascular, that that has to do with blood pressure, diabetes, all of those various cardiovascular heart issues, especially the second major cause of death usually is heart disease. So I want people to think about, oh, am I going to worry about this when I'm 51? Or what things am I going to start working at As a young person, as a 20 or 30-year-old, am I going to wait until later on and try to repair things that I really have not respected my body the way it needs to be? Another thing is osteoporosis. As the estrogen 
is no longer there, your bones could become very brittle. And it could almost look like Swiss cheese if, if the, that disease can occur with you. And so all of a sudden, have you noticed at the doctors, have you fell recently? Have you fell recently? Well, let me tell you, you could fall, break something. And when you have a fracture, that is one of the hardest things to return to high level of health. So what I'm saying to women, you need to work at exercising, especially core exercise, because the strength of your core muscles is responsible for you to recover. Say if you trip, those core muscles will bring you up and keep you firmly placed. But if you don't have those working for you, you're on the ground, you have a fracture. So why not work with your physical therapist? Okay. Being a physical therapist, that's it. And you are worth a team. Next thing is urinary incontinence. Now that's an issue. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> you have leakage. You you get up and you're running. I, I, I thought the people about depends. Make sure you taking care of yourself. Why is that? Because your vaginal walls and the urinary walls no longer have that estrogen that keeps it nice and firm. So the muscles there become weak. Now, people say, well, it's nothing I can do. I'll just put the depends on and, and that's it. No, you could go to the physical therapist because they have a pelvic health physical therapist that can work on helping you strengthen those muscles again. Something as simple as them saying, Deborah, if you got to go to the bathroom, don't run. I said, don't run. I'm running. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> don't run. Because what it happens is that nervousness that you have in you makes you want to go. People ask me, well, why is it right when I get to the toilet, I have an accident? I said, take a deep breath. Slow yourself down. And with grace, the queen you are, walk to the bathroom and take your deep breaths. So all that nervousness will calm down so that you're more easily able to get to the bathroom. Another major issue is I don't feel like being bothered anymore. I have sex, it's painful. Ah. There's things you can do to help in that area also. But if you're too embarrassed to talk to the doctor about it, you just, okay, that's, that's the way my life going to be, my sex life, or it's done with. No, there's questions to ask, there's strategies, and there's also various therapies in that area. Sleep, 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 sleep. Okay, yes, so your circadian rhythm changes. And so the way you used to sleep and nobody could wake you up, two and three o'clock in the morning, you're up. So every, what do every you morning. Every, every morning. morning. Oh, <laughs> yes, and I tell you, yes. I know, I know. 
you help a, can you help a sister every right. morning two and three o'clock every in the morning but but what you experience is what other women experience they just don't talk about it but yes I tell women let's talk about it let's work it out but also there's sleep therapy underneath your health plan but who talks about that if you don't ask they're not gonna make a referral so that's what I do. I work with a woman. I tell them, look, this is this, this is this. You can use this because if anybody tells you, you just take one pill and that's it, that's not the truth. It's going to be a series of things that you're going to do to give you the mastery that you can achieve. But you got to do the work. Why not do the inner work and the outer work? You worth it. I love it. Are there any specific tests our listeners should ask their health provider about for their (laughs) hormone levels? Um, Since it seems like this affects our overall well-being, you have mentioned estrogen and how it is tied to so many areas of our overall health. Yeah. Are there specific tests that we should be asking? Well, you can ask your doctor to um, take like a um, estrogen or a progesterone or FSH and what have you. But you know what the telltale thing is? What is your period doing? How is your period? And so if you don't have the information, I track my period. This is what it's doing. This is how it's acting. This is the response. These are signs and symptoms. Or do you go in there and just say something ain't right and expect <laughs> them to give you a true, not just diagnosis, but a strategy on how to move forward with this change in your life? No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it just goes back to, as you shared, will you invest in you? You are worth it. I cannot believe how fast this hour has gone by. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and there are so many questions and comments in our our Facebook community. And just stay on the line, Facebook community, because we will get to those questions. But I want to make sure that we leave an opportunity for you to talk about what are some of the things you have coming up, ways that women can connect with you, um, how can they follow and get support and answers through you? Okay. First of all, I have a website going through the change.com and through is T-H-R-U.com. Going through the change. I also have a private Facebook. It's menopause um, meetup. But what I really would like to talk to people about is we're having a boot camp. And it's titled, It's All About You. Okay. Okay. This 2021, you might not have been able to do some of the things. Let's get a jump start on this. And let's take control of 2022 is January the 20, 21st and 22nd. And I can have um, a link that you can go on. I tell people we have a ball and it is a wonderful time. And then what I am going to start is a mastermind for menopausal women. 
to develop a menopause mastermind community because it really helps when we are working together. And then I do one-on-one coaching. Some people don't want that. So I do that also. This has been, I hope that the listeners have had an opportunity to uh, take notes, take advantage of this open, honest conversation. It has absolutely blessed my soul. So I know that it has answered questions for others. So we have about two minutes before we need to close out. And with every show, I ask our expert, if someone is struggling or suffering in silence, what would you say to them in closing? I would say you can manage menopause with confidence, with the knowledge, with ease, grace. Give yourself grace and with style. There you have it. I love the concept that this does not have to be the the end of your story, the depressed part of your story, the shame part of your story. Dr. Roebuck has said, rethink, reimagine, because there's still more to add to your story. And so as she has empowered me, I hope she has empowered you to continue to live strong and create a team to help you with your flip side of your story. Thank you, Dr. Roebuck, for being such a powerful influence in this conversation. And if someone needs the replay, please share this link with them so that they can also feel empowered and encouraged. So we look forward to our conversation next week. Uh, And so stay tuned, stay connected, and most of all, live strong. We will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.